Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 191, Challenging Gobblers with Ray I. And I am your host and a guy who had a moment of excitement this past Saturday morning. So I actually saw my first pulse for 2018 and, you know, I want to jump up and down and get all excited about it, but truth of the matter is, it causes me a little bit of concern. So Saturday morning, I was headed to my property south of Birmingham to do some fishing and saw two hens in a fallow field, and they freaked out when they saw the vehicle coming and flew across the road that I was driving on. But before they flew and before they completely freaked out, when they saw the truck, I happened to see some little heads poking up above the grass. And when the two hens flew across the road, I drove by. I was watching in the side mirror to see what the poults were going to do. And lo and behold, they took off flying across the road as well. So two hens, eight poults, which got me very excited. But then I saw three more hens in three different locations, and none of them with any poles. Last week, while driving into the property to go fishing, my buddy Todd and I saw two hens with no poles. You know, it's very possible, because I'm driving on the same road to go in there, that two of the three hens that I saw this past Saturday were the same two hens that I saw without poles. The week before, and instead of seeing five hens with no poults, I'm just seeing three hens with no poults. Needless to say, we need more poults, but we had a very rainy May in central Alabama, and I'm a little bit worried about this hatch that we're having for 2018. So yes, I was very excited, but yes, I'm also a little bit concerned in what appears to be a very low recruitment year for poults. Now, I won't know for sure how this year's hatch came out until deer season, 
but even more so until turkey season next year, which just so happens to be 267 days, 10 hours, 57 minutes, and 47 seconds away from right now in the state of Alabama. So I've got a great show for you guys this week. This is an interview that I did with Ray I about three months ago that is just too good to keep from you guys any longer. It's an interview that you're going to find lots of good tips in that will help you not only next spring, but this coming fall as well. Now, for those of you who have never heard Ray speak at a seminar, heard his radio show, or read his book, you're in for a treat and a chance to learn a lot from this interview about a strategy that you may not have heard of before. Here is Ray I. So listen in closely, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited to tell you that I'm here with the one, the only, Ray I. And I'm going to pick Ray's brain a little bit because about two years ago at the NWTF convention in Nashville, I walked around and I asked a lot of the turkey hunting pros there what one trick, tactic, strategy, Whatever it happens to be, what one strategy elevated your turkey hunting game to the next level to where you were consistently killing turkeys year in, year out? And Ray I says to me, challenging gobblers. And so I thought it was a great answer, and I'm going to pick Ray's brain about that. So we're going to jump into this thing. Ray, how are you and where are you? Oh, great. I'm in Missouri. I'm at home, actually. I'm off the road. I've been traveling quite a bit. But yeah, gobblers. You know, fall turkey hunters, Andy, i got to tell you, before we even get started, fall turkey hunters make better spring turkey hunters because they know more about vocalizations, more about calling, more about the cycle, seasonality, and pecking order of wild turkeys. And if you can kill fall turkeys, you can really kill spring turkeys. Yeah, very cool. Well, I wish we had more opportunities for fall turkey hunting in Alabama, but we've still got some old school people running the, right. the wildlife division. But they're coming around slowly but surely on some things, so maybe fall turkey hunting will pick up. But... I do this segment in the show that I call the Rapid Fire Q&A, and I want to see if you want to play along. So basically what it is, is I'll run through 30 questions just about turkeys, turkey hunting. If you're up for it, I'll put the stopwatch to you. We'll time you going through these and <laughs> see fine. if you can beat the fastest time out there, which is 2 minutes and 48 seconds by Tony Reynolds. Oh, boy. All right. We'll give it a shot. All right. So let me pull the stopwatch. I have, and, and I have no idea what you're going to ask, just so everyone knows. I don't have a clue. No idea what I'm going to ask, that's for sure. In fact, I don't even know what I'm going to ask, Ray. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> okay. Taking me forever to find my clock here. There we go. All right. So I'm going to just start the clock on the first question, and we'll rip through these as quick as we can. Okay. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Grilled. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola, or with water? Water, always. Number of grand slams? Two. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old? Clean miss on a 4-year-old. Favorite camo pattern? Tans and browns. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Oh, for dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Uh, less. The state you killed your first turkey in? Missouri, Ozarks. The state you killed your last turkey in? Hawaii. 
sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Oh, that's tough. Run and gun, not shoot. Rios or Osceola? Get out in the air. What's that? Rios or Osceolas? Oh, my goodness. Osceola. Osceolas or Easterns? Mm, I'm going to say Easterns because of our Easterns in the Ozarks. Easterns or Merriams? Easterns. All right. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Just a bead. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Depends on where I'm hunting. Usually, if it's raining, rubber boots. Other than that, just tennis shoes. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Oh, my. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to say down home on my grandpa's farm. Memories. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Oh, I don't know. I, some years, I probably killed 20, 25 in a season. Run around the country, different states. All right. One spring. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? I don't have any idea. <laughs> uh, two or three, maybe. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Oh, that's so many variables in that, man. That, that's, that's a hard thing to judge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Alabama. All right. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Gobbler yelp. Favorite turkey hunting book? I know the answer. Mine. Gray eye. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My grandpa and my dad. Think of the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? No. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs. The biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? They don't sit still. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? Oh, it lasts forever, and there is no bag limit. Oh, ho, ho. even with elaboration, you got two minutes and 45 seconds. So you beat Tony Reynolds by three, almost four seconds. Yeah, sorry, Tony. <laughs> Some of them, you know, some, there's so many variables in some of those questions. That's difficult to answer. Oh, yeah. Well, I know who's being truthful when I go through these and who's not, because the people who just rip off answers and don't go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're not being real truthful. They're just answering just to answer. So, but no, those, those are some tough questions. And I think, I, well, I had a listener to the show actually turn the table on me and ask me those 30 questions. Yeah. And I believe I had the longest time out of anyone that has done it <laughs> because I've, I mean, I've never really thought about the answers to these myself, but some of them are real easy. I know I like wild turkey on the rocks, so that was easy. Mm-hmm. But that whole Rios or Osceolas, Osceolas or Easterns, Easterns or Merriams, that one's tough. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been real fortunate to hunt turkeys everywhere, you know, like Hawaii and, and, and old Mexico and every place, but there's still something for me because I grew up as a kid in the Ozarks, in the Ozark Hills here, a gobbler in the spring on one of those uh, uh, river valleys and mm-hmm. the river hills. There's, there's nothing compares for me compares to that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, for those people who are listening who don't know who Ray I is, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what it is that makes Ray I tick. All right. Well, I'm from the Missouri Ozarks. I, I grew up on, on my grandpa's farm, and we lived in that area my entire life. And everybody in my family was hunters. It's, I grew up in a generation where everybody hunted, and that was that was the lifestyle the entire family hunted. And then I got involved in a turkey calling contest back in the late 60s and early 70s. Every community had a local turkey calling contest in the spring. And most of the guys in the hills made their own calls. My grandpa made me a uh, slate call out of a school board, chalkboard out of the old one-room schoolhouse in a out of cedar fence post from the pasture and a corn cob from the from his pig lot and made me a slate call and everybody made calls so i competed in contests when i won a few people asked where they could get a call so i made a few and then the local store asked me to bring some down i did that and then they then the local store says come down here and tell people how to use these things and it kind of went from there that's kind of how it started because I, I killed my first turkey when i was nine years old down in the ozarks with my grandpa 
And then as I progressed in the calling contest and traveled more, I started doing these in-store promotions. Walmart picked up my corn cob and slate call, and then I started making diaphragms, and that was in the mid-'70s. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a guy came in, and I was given a seminar in the store. I didn't even know what a seminar was. But I was first showing him how to do calls, and then so many people showed up. He said, well, tell him how to turkey hunt. So this gentleman come in, and he said, I wanted to see if you'd uh, be willing to come and do a seminar at the college because the guy we have hired can't make it this spring. And I said, sure, what's a seminar? And he said, what you're doing here? So anyway, they threw me on a, on a stage with about 350 people, and I wasn't sure. I went to a good friend of mine named Ralph Dern, and he made me an outline. And uh, I had lots of slides. I'm a photographer. And he said, let me organize your slides, and I'll put you to an outline, and you can do a seminar. Well, I was going through those, and I, was, I, was kinda, I thought I kind of stunk. And then uh, I got to this one slide and started talking about this turkey, and I told a story, and everybody laughed. And when they laughed, I just started telling stories and teaching through the slides and kind of went from there. And that's how I got started in this. And then I did colleges all over the state, and then I started traveling out of state. And then when I started competing in the world, the national, and all those competitions around the country, and I started doing seminars for sports shows, hunting shows, et cetera, it just expanded from then. And then in 1985, Hunter Specialist decided to do a call line, and my Ozark Mountain line became H.S. Strutt. And me and Tom Stuckey traveled all over the United States with the beginning of Hunter Specialist. And that's, that's how all this thing started. And I've been, I, did, I was an outfitter for a while. I did some guiding for people. But what I do now is I do radio, outdoor radio. I do media hunts, outdoor media hunts, where I bring in the, the national communicators, and we have sponsors like Mossberg and things like that that come in, and any Creek Shooting Systems, and we, we take product and stuff. That's how the people, in the old days, it was all mostly magazines. Now it's, you know, it's everything. It's electronic media, it's radio, it's television, it's magazines, it's it's everything. And so we're, we're bringing the young folks in now that's really versed in this new electronic thing. It's really interesting. We have the old guys against the young guys. Actually, it's a lot of fun. So I do those sort of things in uh, seminars. I'm a national seminar speaker. And in addition to everything else I do, I'm a field editor, writer for Midwest Outdoors magazine. I have a monthly column in there, an article in there. And I'm also the hunting host on Midwest Outdoors television. Fantastic. I've had a few people tell me that they just absolutely love your book. And so tell us a little bit about the book, what's in it, what it's about okay where we can get it well originally it was going to be called chasing spring because i went to work with outdoor life one year and we did a blog and a and a, and a website deal where they followed me around i hunted nine states ten states we sent everything in you know with today's communication you send things right from the field and we did chasing spring and so i talked about what i do traveling and what i told the thing about the book is what i wanted to do is just be as honest as i can with people and not tell them how to turkey hunt not tell them what they're doing wrong because generations of turkey hunters has all been told what not to do mm-hmm. and i'm not going to tell anybody how to turkey hunt. what i tell them is what i do and that's what my book's about i tell factual information of what happened when i go to an outfitter that tells me i shouldn't call the turkeys because they're call shy and I, I, I run into more obstruction trying to kill a turkey for a television show or with an outdoor rider from the outfitters or the people that I go to than I do from the turkeys. Amen. So, so what I'm telling them is if I can go into the field, fly into a place, I've got three mornings to make it happen. I got eight people with me, two camera guys and a producer. I've never seen this place in daylight. If I can go in there, kill a turkey and get a television show with the tactics that I'm using, then I should be able to help you be more successful when you just go turkey hunting. So I tell the folks that I'm not going to tell them how to turkey hunt. I'm going to tell them how I turkey hunt. And there are some great places I went where they said, hey, do your thing, not a problem. But I have 
I have been actually driven to gas stations, run off of ranches. I've been told to leave because I made their turkeys call shy. Back in the 80s, when I did uh, Eye on the Wild Turkey, my first videos, we did it up in North Missouri. And that area, they were at that time, everybody was so into yelp three times and cluck and, and don't call no more and don't call very much that there was a bad spring for turkey hunting. We shot our videos. We got our got our project done. But I was I was blamed for like 10 years after that if somebody didn't kill a turkey that <laughs> Ray, I'd been up there calling too much of these turkeys. I heard that for years. I was in Florida one time, Andy, on a hunt, and uh, we went in early to check on the birds, and I got out and cut, and a hen answered me, and she started yelping, so I started calling. They drove off and left me in a swamp. Oh, wow. My guy come back and got me, and I said, what was that all about? He said, you done rent this for the rest of the season. You made him call shy. I said, well, I'll hunt here in the morning. I killed that turkey the next morning. Yeah. But I run yeah. into that. So that my book is I talk about how I turkey hunt, where I turkey hunt, and the tactics that I use that helps me be successful. And I'm not saying I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm better, I call better, or anything like that. But I, I get I get a little bit of abuse on the book because I talk so much about calling because it, calling is everything. Calling is what makes it happen. Calling locates turkeys. Calling calls turkeys, communicates with turkeys. Calling is everything. If you didn't call, I wouldn't have success. And when I go into a new place, I've never been there in my life. If I can get in there with my turkey, I don't look for poop or scratchings or feathers. I want to visually see turkeys. I want to hear turkeys. And I find the turkeys with calling. And that's what I teach. And I tell you, this year at the NWTF, this 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 recent NWTF we just did, I cannot tell you the number of hunters that came up to me and thanked me for my book and the seminars, and they tried. They'd never did use those type of tactics that I teach before, and they were successful in killing turkeys, and they came and thanked me. That meant a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. I totally believe that. When people shoot me emails with a story and a picture of a dead turkey and they say, hey, thanks for doing the podcast, you know, it really helped me yeah, get this sure. bird. I mean, man, that's that's why we do it. That's why we yeah, do it. Some, some of my seminars, you know, when I'm teaching this, I've had guys get out and walk out and, uh, you know, that they don't they don't believe in calling like that. But then the sheer number that come to the booth afterwards or up to, at the front of the room or, or email me later or contact me later and, and thank me for what I taught them, then it's all worth it. Yeah, definitely. So where can we get the book? Is it on Amazon and all those places? Or yeah, it's everywhere, but you can get it you get it from me, and I could be happy to autograph for you at uh, rayi.com. It's real simple, rayi.com. You can get right on the website and order it there, and I'll be happy to personalize it for you. And it's everywhere else. You just you just Google Ray I Turkey Book, and it comes up. It's everywhere. Very good. Yeah, that was my next question was, if we got it from your website, would you autograph it? So Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, let's jump into this. I'm really itching to pick your brain about challenging some gobblers. And so, as I mentioned, you gave that answer to the one-question interview that I was doing a couple of years ago at the NWTF convention. And I want to dig in more with that. So, Okay. Tell us what you mean exactly by challenging gobblers. All right, there's a pecking order, social structure. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. In the old days of spring turkey hunting, everything surrounded about the hen yelp and the gobbler in the mating season. And if a lot of the hens weren't on the nest, if hens weren't on the nest and two-year-olds weren't responding to the call, then something was wrong with the turkeys. The season's off. No one was utilizing the pecking order for a lot of years. Now, now let me back up a little bit. Years ago, Years and years ago, the old-timers did the gobbler yelp. If you go back and find an old Penn's Woods 45 record, a lynch uh, out of Mississippi, uh, these different callers, and they all teach. If you remember, the old lynch box call had a hen on one side and a gobbler on the other. Mm -hmm. They were doing the gobbler yelp, and it wasn't just a fall call. They were killing turkeys in the spring. And I don't know why it went away or why what happened in the teaching of turkey hunting, but spring, spring turkey hunting is judged solely by hen to gobbler 
and how that works. If it's off and it's not right, then something's wrong. You've got to hit that little magic window when everything's right when you hand call to a gobbler. And I will tell you, and I tell everybody, I kill more turkeys across the United States of America and Mexico with gobbler yelps than I ever do with a hen call because the season isn't usually, isn't always right. I'll go into an area and the gobblers, the first thing I notice, all the gobblers are running around together. Or, I'll, or it'll be late season. I, I went to Kansas with some young girls, uh, 13, 14-year-old kids on a, on a youth hunt, and a hen yelp does you absolutely no good. Never even saw a hen. It was all gobblers. They were regrouping in their social structure. They were regrouping in their in their bachelor groups. And we killed on camera. These kids killed all their first turkeys simply by gobbler yelping. And all a gobbler yelp is that you hear them do it. A lot of people think it's a hen when they hear it, but they call just a little slower rhythm, a little longer yelp sometimes. If they get excited, it gets pretty high pitched and goes pretty fast. But it's so basic and it's so simple. People overthink. Wild turkey hunters are the worst of overthinking and overanalyzing and over-evaluating every situation. When if you just sit back and let, watch and listen to the turkeys, you'd learn everything you need to do. Yeah. So you can use a gobbler yelp because I have shot countless hours for years of video of gobblers responding to gobbler yelps that wouldn't respond to a hen call. And because they're always, when a gobbler is with hens and he's strutting with a hen, you can try to call the hens. And you, you can do that with a pecking order, too. They never talked about the hen pecking order. I always teach the hen pecking order, too. But I can kill that gobbler with hens if I can get tight and do a gobbler yelp because he wants to whip me. Mm-hmm. And he'll come to fight and run me off away from the hens. But I kill more gobblers in every state I've ever been. I've been in states. They said, well, that won't work here. And I hear all those things. And I kill gobblers with it because that's what I was saying earlier when we were talking. A fall turkey hunter knows vocalization. He knows gobbler yelping. He knows Jake yelping. He even gobbles. He knows all the calls, the vocalizations of the wild turkey and how it fits in with the pecking order of the wild turkey, where most, a lot, I don't say most, but a lot of spring hunters only have ever been taught or know about in the spring where you sound like a hen and you call a gobbler. And they don't try to utilize these other things. And it's so, it, but you know what I see today, which I find really interesting, all the things I've been teaching for 30 years in seminars and programs and my books and my DVDs that used to be VHS about gobbler yelping, they're utilizing now with strutting decoys and decoys mm-hmm. and things like that. It's the same thing. It's challenging the pecking order. That's why a fan works. That's why a, a, a male decoy works. It's the same principle. But I can do the same thing they're doing with that just by gobbler yelping. It's, it's, it's so much easier. And you can use it anywhere. I've used it on reels. I've used it on Florida birds. I've used it on ghouls in Old Mexico. I've used it from California, New York. I've hunted 43 states for turkeys. And out of those 43 states, I'd say the biggest percentage of turkeys taken either on television or with people I was calling for, the media, were killed with gobbler yelps. I've had a lot of turkey hunters tell me on hunts that they liked the sound of my call, but I was calling too slow. I need to make it a little faster. They don't even realize I'm gobbler yelping. Yeah. So is there a difference in the gobbler yelp and the Jake yelp? Not much. No, not really. Just It's just a yelp. It's just a longer yelp. Than, hang on a second. Hang on just a second. All right, I got my box call here. All right. Okay, you're yelping. You, you know, hen's kind of fast, you know. Quick and fast word. Gobble yelp. Just slow that down. Just yelp, yelp, yelp. Slow your rhythm down a little bit. Now, I've heard gobblers yelp 30 times in a row, too, and do it really fast. And they cut, and they yelp. That's a gobbler yelp. That's what I use. Okay. And I, you do that on a mouth call as well. Mouth call, glass calls, slate calls, they all make great gobbler yelps. And the fighting purr, you can do a fighting purr and, and hard uh, cutting. And a real high, uh, there's a high-pitched, let me, hey, let me grab another call. Hang on. Okay. All right, I got a, uh, an old glass call here. And I haven't got it roughed up, and I got time to look for the paper. But, you know, when you, 
real clear, mm-hmm. quick is, is the hen. And you just drag that out. There's your gobbler yell. But these gobblers, they'll do a, they cluck, but they do a high pitch. It's not, it's not roughed up right, but it's a higher, it's a higher pitch. I can really do that on mouth call. High pitch, I call it high pitch putting. Drives them crazy. They do that when they get excited. But you can take that, that call. That's gobbler calling, gobbler yelping. Yeah, very good. So really no difference in the Jake yelp and a gobbler yelp. Is there a difference as no, to a when lot you're going to use those? A, yeah, well, you know, the Jake's, the smaller vocalization, a smaller turkey maybe you know, a little faster, a little higher pitch, but not always. But one of the things that I'll do, and I've got a bad cold, I don't know that I can do it. I'll do a, a yelp, and then I'll go on the end of it, and then start, start again. Mm-hmm. Jake's, they try to gobble. Right. Oh, I drives them nuts. Big gobblers, they can't stand that. I've got, actually, I've got video. I've got some videos of some DVDs out where I gobble at the turkey and they just turn and march in. That's awesome. And it's all, it's all to do with pecking order. Yeah. Is there a time of the season that the strategy of challenging gobblers works best, in your opinion, as far as springtime? And we'll talk about fall springtime as well. All right, that is all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you'll need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. Doing so is very easy. All you have to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word, no spaces. Text that to the number 44. After you do that, I'll text you back and just follow the instructions from there. Eventually, I'm going to email you a link to click on where you can set up a username and a password on the Podbean application. And you can also pay the $12 per year subscription charge. Now, the cost of the subscription is going up very soon. And so I recommend that if you want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, that you do that sooner rather than later and save yourself about six bucks. Now, becoming a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast will not only get you the remainder of this week's episode, but it will also unlock the premium content for every episode that we've done in the past and every episode for the next 52 weeks as well. So there's some real perks in being a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. You're going to get a lot of information and knowledge out of this. All right, enough about that. I hope that you guys got some more tips from the interview with Ray that you'll be able to put in the back of your turkey vest to pull out and use the next time you chase some long beards. So I am slammed busy this week with the J-O-B. So I'm going to put a silver bow on this week's show and call it a wrap. But before I do, if you would, please like and share this week's episode on Facebook and Twitter and and tag a hunting buddy in the post as well. It's a great way to spread the good word about the show and maybe you'll help your hunting buddy call in a mad old longbeard to your setup one day next spring. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us 
I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.